Welcome everybody to the Startup Blender, the podcast about startup life and some other stuff. Good morning, everybody. Uh, what's up? <laughs> my name is Ucha. I'm here with my great co-host Simonka from Slovakia. And we are here with our great, great guest, Niklas from Denmark. What's up? <laughs> Yo, man, what's up? It's uh, sunny here in Copenhagen. It's dark now, but it's all good. I'm super, super excited to, uh, to be on this. I'm so jealous because I'm in Estonia. Um, I haven't seen sun for three weeks. Can you imagine that? I can send you some sun from Copenhagen, maybe next time. I can send you some pictures. All right. All right. I think... To, uh, to make you more jealous, which I would like to add that in Slovakia is like about 14 degrees. So just saying. And it's very sunny. And uh, yeah. Listeners, let's mention that this podcast is all about making me jealous. Uh, because of your weather. Done. Done. <laughs> This is actually the first time we do this kind of uh, super international all over Europe kind of uh, podcast because we are live from three different countries. <laughs> so let's see how it goes, you know, uh, let's see. But yeah, let's uh, get to the po actual point of this, this podcast and uh, Nicholas, introduce us yourself. Who are you? What you do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me over. It's super awesome to be part of this. Um, well, my name is Nicholas. Hello to all of you. Um, I am, well, born in Greenland. My parents are from Brazil and from Norway. I am 30 years old, uh, live here in Copenhagen, Denmark, and is currently working at an NGO called Venture Cup Denmark. You can maybe see from the nice little uh, background that I have here. Um, Venture Cup Denmark is an organization, an NGO that helps uh, student entrepreneurs at the higher education. So that's mainly for the universities. So my role is a project manager where I help uh, and support a lot of students that want to become entrepreneurs or are currently working on an idea or working in a startup. Um, and uh, I kind of support in all kinds of ways, finding the right people, uh, both the talents and experts, and also uh, helping out with our big competition, which is the one that we are super proud of here in Venture Cup that has been running for 21 years now, uh, that I'm uh, mainly coordinating and doing all of the work for. So uh, yeah, it's uh, super, it's a lot of stuff, but it's super awesome to be part of this uh, community here in, in Denmark for entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's actually great to have you as a guest because our missions are perfectly aligned. We are also, the initiative that helps students to start their startup journey and apparently you do the same i have one question um this venture cup is only live in denmark or you have you are also in its international organization so it's quite a, like a long story so i'll try to make it short but well, there is actually a, you can i mean you know. Uh, well, well, I can. I, it's uh, it's quite complicated to explain, actually. So right. it, we are just an NGO under the same brand, but all of the so there is Venture Cup, for example, in Sweden, and in Norway, and in China, and there used to be one in Portugal as well. Right. So we basically are all independent. Um, so we are running this type of competitions um, independently. So it just means that we have our own internal structures. We have different types of competitions and 
are the organizations are very different as well. Um, here in Denmark, we are mainly owned by the Danish universities. So our main focus is basically around universities while others have a lot like a broader scope, uh, including all entrepreneurs, even young and old and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, like we are mainly the one, uh, the biggest one, I would say. And we also sometimes uh, collaborate with all the other venture cups in, in around the world. Um, it seems to be the feature around the world now. <laughs> yeah. And what's what kind of the response you get from the students? Is it like, uh, do you have high engagement rates from universities? Are they? Yes. Yeah, we do. So um, the universities kind of see us as a, a common platform uh, for student entrepreneurship. So all the things we do is uh, na nationwide, usually. Uh, so that means that when we're doing projects, it has to cover all of the universities. Um, now, the people that work within this sort of university field know that uh, universities have a hard time communicating with each other because of uh, they are big institutions, right? So we are sort of helping out the different uh, hubs, as you might know, which are these incubation environments around at the universities. And we are hands-on with them trying to support, you know, those startups that are inside their hubs uh, with types of initiatives. And I think the reason why a lot of universities like us is because this competition that we're running nationwide is a nice competition, sort of friendly competition to kind of benchmark the different universities. And well, our goal is also to kind of have students from different backgrounds, uh, from different universities in this case, get together and start, make a, a great startup. Um, and it, it's really interesting in this sort of field uh, that we see that if you have different backgrounds in a team, that the probability of succeeding is like three or four times higher than uh, if you're just uh, the students from the same university. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's super crazy to think about that this sort of team, uh, as I say, like in a startup is so important. Um, and especially also for international students, that's also another thing that's interesting. So you guys have a good, good uh, conditions now since you are now from two different countries and uh, and all the things oh well our team consists of even more countries i guess yeah well, the more the better <laughs> absolutely we have greece india ireland in our team so and mexico. All of them, uh, mexico mexico yeah, mexico i'm sorry i forgot that. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Right, but uh, you as an organization, are, are you also connecting this, well, since the name is Venture Cup, are you also connecting this kind of startup initiatives to the VCs? Because, well, if you see Venture Cup is like a VC, so it creates this. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually so, that's so funny because a lot of, uh, a lot of when, when, uh, when I have to introduce like the, the company or like the organization, uh, they always think we are VC, but unfortunately we do not have that leg uh, at all. Like we are not like, um, like, of course we have some contacts with VC, but we deal with student entrepreneurs who are so early on that uh, venture capitalism is perhaps a bit too soon. Um, so we are mainly working with, you know, business angels, uh, like uh, friends and family uh, funding wise. 
And in Denmark, there's a very nice environment for student entrepreneurship generally. Like there's a lot of support from the government. Um, so we kind of like uh, encapsulating all of those offers uh, for them. So, but we're working maybe at some point we will have more VCs coming along as well. But uh, at this point, no, unfortunately. It's good that you mentioned that Denmark government supports uh, startups because, well, Simoka, maybe we should go to Denmark and start our <laughs> startup adventures there. I guess. So it's like, uh, it's possible, it's easy to, to start a startup in Denmark, like generally, like, uh, is it something which is like super complicated or even like you have support from like, different organizations or or like how it works there like generally speaking okay so i don't want to make this like a complete promotion that everybody should come to denmark but we actually have really awesome like entrepreneurship uh like bureaucracy it's super easy to make a startup actually you have to go online and then you know when you got all of your uh, registration and documents then you can like fairly easy just make a startup yourself um, okay. it, it used to be a lot easier beforehand, but now it's it's really, really easy. And especially if you're a student, like I work in this space now and like I also got some history 10 years ago about like how it was back then. Mm -hmm. And now there is a lot of support. Like you can get um, soft funding, which is basically money that you receive without having to give it out of anything equity wise. Equity free money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like free money. Like the, it has usually the condi uh, condition that you have to use it on, you know, specific things, right? So you can either use it on like prototyping, which is very um, popular. Um, like you can receive like around 15,000 Danish kroner. I think that's around 2000 euros to kind of like get your idea started because they know that you need to kind of have a prototype or test things out. Um, so you already have like an, a starting point that is very nice. And I guess this condition. I have a friend who, <laughs> sorry, just I have a friend who lives. He who was studying in uh, Denmark, and he told me like he uh, has this support from I'm not quite sure government or school. Like basically, if you work few hours per week or something, you even can get some um, like uh, money to literally for living like you don't have to spend it or something um like i don't know only to food or something but basically it's money for you so it's super cool um it's super cool here that uh danish government it's this open-minded well i i think like in general uh there is a lot of support like it i when if i i wish i could like go in a spaceship now our theme is about like around the world with that puck dissipating and us going to mars if I could get a, in a spaceship and get, like turn back time, I would definitely have been much more involved with a startup um, because of the support generally, actually. Um, but, you know, like it's, it's nice to see that the, the, the Danish government is so open about this and that they, it's basically something that they want to invest in, right? So it's also from the politicians are saying, it is, this area is super important for the future of Denmark. So of course we want to support uh, students in this uh, endeavor basically yeah, you're trying so everybody's trying to put like whatever they have in there uh but you as a person who has worked a lot with like these students and seen a lot of different ideas and young young entrepreneurs and stuff what would you say are the trend uh, industries that students want to develop their startups in yeah uh that's a really good question um i 
see like in Denmark at least um, there's a lot of focus now on the like SDGs and impact um, there's also something that in Venture Cup we want to do like we want to help support students uh, with ideation within the fields of impact right uh, it's not a lot more about making a startup to like earn a lot of money it's more about making like a real change in society uh, and we see this in a lot of areas for example in um, especially within engineering automation, but also within like green solutions um, and also with uh, trying to be a bit more creative. Like one of the startups that uh, won our competition uh, last year and last year again, um, they're called Blue Lobster. They basically an, a middleman between uh, fishers and um, like uh, consumers or restaurants. And what they did was basically a market marketplace to help those fishermen that are now struggling um, to, um, to, to make a living. So they now made a new uh, you know, selling platform for those uh, people. Great. So definitely in these fields, I would say. Uh, yeah, these environmental friendly startups are really popping up recently. And I really like it, you know, because it's environment is very important. Is it, Ucha? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it weird or is it absolutely necessary? Well, I would say it's absolutely necessary. Uh, <laughs> whoever got the reference from the movie can comment on this podcast and we'll give you. <laughs> okay, now, but let's jump into a little bit more about like uh, your personal story. How did, how did you get into the startup industry? Um, how did you kind of come across the Venture Cup? Or did you have any other experiences before? Yeah, um, so I remember actually when I got the question, I kind of remember back at like uh, when I was very in, in elementary school, there was this uh, girl that had this playbook and it, in it, it said, it asked like, uh, what do you want to be when you go become uh, old, right? And I remember very fondly that I put in there inventor. Um, so that kind of remained with me like all the way through. And I remember in high school, I did a more like a business high school. So already there, I knew that I wanted to uh, become an entrepreneur and work within the field. So it's kind of like a funny way. And then of course, you know, afterwards I became engaged with volunteering, like being part of this ecosystem that is so awesome. Um, and there it became so much easier for me to kind of go that path basically. Um, it, it, it's not like a, you know, like I got hit by a bird or like a, by a stone and I knew exactly this is the thing, right? It, I felt like it became very natural for me to go in this sort of area, basically. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And what would you say have been like uh, main challenges in this field for you? Within, within startups? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Startup field in general to be a project manager in such organizations. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest challenge that I see is that a lot of people have really great ideas for projects. Um, like they really have fantastic ideas, but the lack of, you know, having people around them, uh, first of all, that's one thing. Be a world champion of the year, but then also on the operations, right? Like having a plan and sticking with a plan and focusing on the plan for three months. Like this types of things is just so, I see it so often, unfortunately, that 
you know, you have a great plan, but then it, you don't follow up with all of the things at the end of the day. So it, it falls down to like nothing, unfortunately. And then people lose motivation and then they leave their ideas in the, in the, yeah. Yeah, in the trouble, basically. Have you, have you ever feel the same way? Um, yes, I have. Uh, I feel like I really have had the same issues. Um, and I think one of the ways that I at least managed to convert it has been like through volunteering. Um, basically, because I think that I also had a lot of great ideas, but I lacked the execution. So when I was part of the ESN, Erasmus Student Network, that was also the time when I, you know, when you have to do an event, you have to figure out all of the things uh, and it's very hands-on. Uh, it's not too much thinking. It's like calling the, the venue, ask for booking it, calling the supplier, uh, making the, the promotion and all of these kind of things. So I think for me, at least, it has really helped to have some sort of volunteering or like some kind of more concrete action points that has helped me, uh, you know, also manage bigger projects, for example. Um, and I can really see that, uh, that it really has helped me uh, on this. And honestly, I guess everybody in the startup world can relate to this uh, consistency thing. Because that's, that's the first thing that actually investors are looking at. If they see that you have this huge, some crazy good idea, but you're not motivated and they see that you will lose this motivation in a month and why would they lose their money but even if you have some kind of bad idea that you copied from your friend you know yesterday uh but they see that you have motivation and you have this you're up to have this constant consistency and just do it then they're definitely up to you know give you some money you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the experience i guess it makes uh it um made a lot i'm sorry okay yeah. <laughs> uh even this experience uh, you had as a volunteering in years and i guess that uh it means a lot that you were able to do the free work like like for no money basically and uh, you get uh, a lot of experience as part that even like uh when it's just volunteering job, but um, it's more than people like expecting or something. So I guess that when the investors or whoever could help you um, see that you are um, able to do this, like you have some experience, it's like always a good point, I guess. The mindset, yeah. The mindset, exactly. All right. I, I, yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> now I just want to say, I think volunteering is very underrated. And I think for a lot of young people, Volunteering should be like something that you should consider really to do, uh, even if you are an entrepreneur, because you're going to be working, you're not going to get paid the first start in a, in a startup usually. So you have to hustle to get your way there. Basically. I, I strongly believe that all the entrepreneurs are volunteers by the heart. You know, I mean, you, you should be up for <laughs> sleepless nights for no money, basically. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, like when you're working, I don't know how many hours per day, but it's definitely not eight or 10. You basically doing volunteering, but for yourself, so. And by the way, mentioning the volunteering in ESN, uh, listeners don't know that we, three actually, all of us, um, 
have one very big thing in common. We are volunteers at ESN. Uh, <laughs> it's a <laughs> student organization. And uh, we actually found Nicholas through the ESN uh, uh, big international group. Um, so yeah, tell us about uh, like your ESN experiences. How did you join? What were you doing? I guess in ESN Denmark, uh, what were your roles? Uh, what were the main challenges? What did you like the most? Yeah, uh, I can maybe mention that I'm also the national president of ESN Denmark. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm on the national level, as you can also say. Um, my journey into ESN was also like at the end of my, the beginning of my master's. And I wanted to become part of an international community. Uh, I was uh, doing my bachelor in Danish and I had a lot of Danish friends. Uh, and what I discovered was that it became a bit boring because we were doing the same thing and it was not really exciting because I, we got to know each other very well, but it was always the same thing we did week in and week out. So I joined ESN as a volunteer back in 17, 18, I think it was. And they were very active. They did a lot of events and- um, Back in Taiwan, events were possible. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, oh God, yes. Um, so so basically we we did a lot of events in my local section was in, in Odense in Denmark. You guys can Google it up afterwards if you're interested. Um, it's, it's, uh, it was a small section actually, um, but they were very active because they were pretty bored as well. So they start doing a lot of events and uh, hanging out with international students. So I joined the, the local board first and then I joined the national level. Like uh, this is my second mandate. I'm ending my mandate here in June. Uh, so I've been in the national level for two years almost now. And to quickly answer your question about the biggest challenge also has been um, at least for my sake, it's been to motivate, especially now, uh, volunteers. Uh, that's definitely been the biggest crumble uh, challenge ever. Like, uh, always like when you are a board member, you always think that, oh, you know, I mean, you don't have anybody applying for the next mandate. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, <laughs> we should start. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, is it's it, is it, I'm sorry, is it hard to, um, somehow like make a right um i don't know how to say it um like is it hard to to cooperate between work and the esn as volunteer and between your social life also which okay it's corona so it's probably not that party hard but anyway like uh, as you are on the national level and president it has to be kind of um tricky yeah, uh, I think for now the social life is, as you mentioned, <laughs> like completely dead almost. But um, the thing was, luckily for me, is that a lot of my really good friends are also in ESN. So at least we would like have like these nights where we would do like these documents and we would be like, oh. but at least we would have fun and like we would drink tea or like, like share the latest drama, stuff like this. Like it would always be like a pleasure for me. Like I would always see ESN as like, like my like it wouldn't I wouldn't call it work actually I would call it like a leisure basically like it was just like something I always wanted to do in my free time because I got to see my friends and so on and so forth um, so it's always been very easy for me to divide the two because I always saw you said as volunteering right like it's not my job that I need to do like 24 hours even though I'm very um, 
I want to reach a goal in ESN as well, right? I want to make my own uh, mark on ESN Denmark. So it, 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 I have some very long hours of work sometimes, but it's, it's definitely worth it for me. Okay, that's, that's perfect. That's very important. Yeah, it's very important. I guess, well, for me, for example, ESN is the place whenever I organize some events, it's the place when I can just get my mind off from all the work stuff, all the responsibilities that I have and just go and have fun. And, you know, in ESN, we have, it's also a startup mindset that you can fail and uh, you can learn from it. And everybody's actually helping you to fail. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's a very nice safe space. Yeah. If you want to do events and if you want to fail, then you rather want to do it while volunteering and not in your real job, right? And I also okay. saw it as like a learning platform. Like it is, like you really can test yourself, learn a lot of things, even though it is free work. But honestly, like I would rather do all of these mistakes in a volunteering organization than in, in my real work. Um, so that's also a perk in what we do in ESN, I think. But since Venture Cup is such related to our organization to students and ESN is also student organization, how how does like how does this connection happen? Does it help you in any ways that you're an ESN member? Um, yeah, it does. So the way I got in, actually, it's a funny story. The way I got into Venture Cup was actually based around all my skills that I learned in ESN and of course a bit of my studies because I have some startup experience because I do a lot of events mainly and I communicate with students which I did in, in ESN, and I create events for students, which I also did in ESN. Um, I also see, especially now, it's when I look at all the statistics of the people that are interested in entrepreneurship, it's actually all, a lot of them are actually international students, which is super interesting because I, I kind of sense that the barrier for the job market in Denmark is harder, which it is usually if you're a foreigner in a new country, they would usually uh, sometimes pick a native speaker because of culture and so on and so forth. So I see a lot of international students pursuing like entrepreneurship and I think it's super awesome. And I think it also is quite a testimonial to like my own hypothesis that I think international students are the perfect uh, entrepreneurs, honestly, because you, you compared like there's so many challenges that you have to deal with, right? Like you have to learn how to get your papers with the government. Everything is a hustle, like everything is not easy. So you already developed this mindset of everything is like barriers, basically. And this mindset is so important in, in the startup ecosystem when you want to build up because nothing, you cannot take anything for granted, basically. It's everything mm. is like a day you have to really fight for. Um, it made you step out from your comfort zone, which is like very important for this uh, mindset, yeah. And uh, do you uh, think that um, like in like your future plans or something are still connected to ESN and uh, at some point and the venture crop or you would like to somehow maybe go different way or how you see this one? I, I for me at least it's uh, I have my own startup as well um, where I it's also like quite funny like I love ice cream I think we all do right all of us and I think even the people Hang listening on. here they are gonna be like yes ice cream. So, uh, so basically, uh, I want to, I, I've been testing a lot with fermentation because that's like a trend now, especially in food tech. We see this quite a bit. So what I'm trying to solve now with a couple of PhD students is basically to, you know, take bananas and then ferment them and then 
ferment them to a level where they become very creamy and then use that as a, a replacement for cream. So with, with, the, with ice cream, for example, you usually use sugar, uh, milk or cream, and then you, you, uh, you keep stirring it for many, many hours, right? So we kind of want to take the bananas that are usually uh, in, in the stores um, that is old or something like this, and usually supermarkets would throw them away. And then we will take and buy them and use those to ferment and then make ice cream out of it. So we're kind of going to use the waste material into an ice cream. Uh, okay. Because, yeah. So it's a banana ice cream by default, and then you can add some other flavors. Yes. Uh, so we, I'm currently working on this project, and I, uh, and it, it has some really interesting results. Um, so I'm, I hope at least in the future that I, I will still work with entrepreneur. I think I'm gonna go the entrepreneurial way, um, because I, it, my heart beats for this, and if I can also work with helping creating communities such as in strengthening this that you guys are doing uh, to help more youth to understand that entrepreneurship is not, it can really help you with a lot of things. Then I really want to work within this field. And if I can also do it on like on a higher plane, maybe in the EU because of my ESN background and so on and so forth um, to have a bigger impact, that would also be cool. Well, that that's really amazing. I'm really looking forward to see the results from your banana ice cream. Um, looking forward to eat that. Actually. Yeah, I will send you samples. I will send you guys samples. You will be the first ones. And don't. Maybe we should go to Denmark. You know, and I, actually, I had flight tickets to Denmark, which were changed just yesterday. But I'm going to update it for two weeks there. <laughs> I will, don't don't uh, don't get too excited. I will keep sending you samples of uh, because I will need people to test ice cream. So, anytime. oh well, I'm volunteering for this one. <laughs> anytime, my friend. Anything related to bananas and ice creams, I'm up for it. You know, bro, awesome. Yes, I got two new new samplers. That's awesome. Of course, awesome, awesome, awesome. Can you imagine at some point in your life to be? an employee or you think you still like want to go the way of um, entrepreneurship like um... um so i'm currently like having a paycheck in venture cup right so it's almost like a little bit about this so i don't know like i i don't that's also the thing i don't like to make like very long plans um, uh -huh. because i'm very intuitive by nature like if i really see a cool opportunity and i think okay now it's the time to change i will usually do it so yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah that's basically it <laughs> yeah it's great mindset i think we in with that mindset you open your mind to new opportunities whatever comes you just go for it. If not, you just go for your uh, banana ice cream venture. <laughs> okay, I have one off topic, but super important question, which I bet everyone will be interested in. So I have friends from Denmark and uh, they told me this, um, I wouldn't say hobby, but like tradition probably you have. Uh, <laughs> you're smiling. <laughs> you have when you are... Uh, 25 and uh, single <laughs> and I really I, I bet you to, <laughs> I beg you to to um, explain me if this is true because I just cannot believe it <laughs> oh god 
Uh, this is the one of my favorite things when when international students come to Denmark and they're like, wow, this is a super awesome country. You guys are really good people. And then they turn 25 and are still single. And then we do this to them. They're like, you guys are horrible. <laughs> so is it? <laughs> I, I love this story. So basically, uh, it's it's a very old tradition, apparently. Like I it it's very old at least. So the the thing is that uh, um, being married in Denmark, um, in back in the days, it used to be very young, right? So when you were in your 20s, 21, then you would get married. And then they started like to shame, I guess, shame those people that didn't get married. So uh, instead they, um, okay, so now it's a bit crazy the way we do it. But usually uh, back in the days, they would then uh, put cinnamon on top of them uh, whenever they were at a place. And then it would be like this. Um, now, it has developed ever since because apparently we keep this tradition, which is super silly. So now we, the extreme version, I'll explain the one that I had uh, when I was 25. Um, I got um, basically uh, taped around like a light bulb. So imagine that yeah. with my hands and I couldn't move basically. Then my friends would take a bucket of ice cold water. They had no shame. They took, they even had ice cubes to keep it even cooler. They would then pour it on top of your head. And then they have, of course, bought like uh, powder um, cinnamon. So what they did was, uh, you know, you guys know like a leaf blower. So when you are like on the, when you are on the streets, so the, this is, it's almost like um, yeah. ventilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like vacuum cleaner or something like it's spread, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like a vacuum cleaner. So they would put cinnamon inside that one. And then I would stand there behind the light bulb and then they would just like turn it on and then they would go like this. So you become like full of cinnamon, like you become completely orange and and you you're just stuck there and the water makes it stick. So when you're done with all of this, like when you go take a shower afterwards, you smell like cinnamon for three days because it's everywhere. It's crazy. Um, so, so we have this kind of tradition and then you go and party afterwards um, and stuff like this. Uh, so, Wait, so uh, until like if you're single until 25, that you, then you get this? You get this, yes. What uh, if you break up in, in the age of 24? Well, sucks to be you. Unfortunately, Lucha. <laughs> 25 and you're single, probably this is your destiny as I get it. <laughs> Um, it's very surprising. Um, <laughs> well, it's a bit weird. It's a bit um, weird, but we also have one when you're 30, which is pepper, which is even worse. Um, so we have a lot of really weird traditions here as well. So <laughs> we always thought that it's the Slovakian uh, Slovak thing that we have creepy traditions, but I guess it's uh, at least the one in every single country. <laughs> But I guess I know where I'm gonna go when I turn 25. You know, <laughs> just <to> experience it. <laughs> it's too late for me, but uh, <laughs> maybe for my 30. <laughs> anyway, you guys, just book a plane ticket and you get there, and I'll make sure that it happens so you guys can experience the authentic uh, <laughs> tradition, basically. The true Danish experience. <laughs> Looking forward to the trip. So we already have a bug, so we have to experience this authentic experience the danish tradition uh banana ice cream um startup 
Um, yeah. Well, startup, obviously, we should go to Venture Cup. This was the first one we mentioned, definitely. It's just not um, able to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Your connection maybe is very bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, we go to ESN Denmark office and have fun there, you know, because that's why ESN is so. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, we're interested to know. Well, you all touched this topic and you already kind of talked about it, but well, other than startups, what kind of international student life in Denmark? Like, what are the activities these people do? Is it fun? Is it like a very hard study or what kind of, from um, a perspective as an ESNer, because you've been seeing a lot of these people. Yeah, uh, so... Okay, I, I feel like Denmark, I'm gonna promote Denmark as like a awesome, may, most amazing student uh, attraction, but I guess that's fine, right? So the thing is here in Denmark, we have this sort of grant that you receive as a student. So a lot of international students actually uh, have access to that if they work a certain amount of hours. So we have different types of uh, international students that some of them are like basically full-time studying and working while having the grants while others are like more like, uh, yeah, we go and party and have fun. Or of course, not at this time, unfortunately, but usually they go and have a lot of fun. Um, the, the student environment here is pretty good. Like in Copenhagen, we have a lot of different universities. So there's usually the bar hopping and uh, there's a lot of really cool uh, things to do. Like for example, in the summer, we go down to the, Copenhagen is filled with canals. So we go and uh, bring this uh, like, go bath and stuff like this. Um, and a lot of international students do the same. Like uh, we have very close, a very close connection with all the international students and uh, they have a lot of freedom to do all of the things because they can work on this and to receive this grant basically to help them support themselves. Um, yeah. And I know that Denmark, well, Copenhagen is very, after Amsterdam, it's second bike city in Europe. Um, are you a bike person? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think otherwise. I love biking. Like, a, yeah, it's, uh, and all the international students here do it all the time. It's really funny because when you, when, when you are in traffic in Copenhagen, you can see if they're international students or not, because they have sort of also like a different biking culture. Yeah. Um, here we have, like, if you go right and you turn your head, like your hand to the right side, signaling and so on and so forth. I experienced in the Netherlands in bike, uh, in Georgia, for example, where I come from, bikes are not appreciated at all by cars, you know. They, they just don't admit that it, this thing exists. You just go with the bike and nobody pays attention to you. And in the Netherlands, I was going with the bike and the whole city stopped when I was on like the zebra to cross the road. The whole city stopped. And I was like, what do I do right now? I was shocked. I wanted to cross, but I was afraid. It was a fun experience. Oh my god. So you were like in the middle of the road and like the old traffic were just looking at you and you were and like, oh. People just stopped. And I mean, in Georgia, no car would ever stop because of anyone. <laughs> you know, they are like, they just don't care. <laughs> it's not okay. It's somewhere between, I guess, like some, some cars will stop, some cars will just continue. And uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Damn, I think that's the worst because then you don't know if what people would do, right? Like at least in Georgia, like, well, you know that you just have to be like, have screw this, I'm going over. 
<laughs> you have the right expectations in Georgia. You know, you might be killed if you don't. <laughs> Not that bad. I mean, Georgia is getting better. Getting better. We're we're good people. You know. <laughs> All right, but speaking of these Danish kind of uh, authentic things, um, what are the things that you love, and what's the thing that you hate about Denmark? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, okay, I'll start with the thing that I dislike because I think that's because I think there's so many things that I like about this country. Uh, one of the things, um, so I have sort of like the funny things for me is like I I come from various backgrounds, so I've seen quite like how different people live in society, and I feel like sometimes Denmark is so comforting that they are so in their comfort zone. And if they are approached by an opportunity to do something that is a bit outside of their comfort zone, then unfortunately they fall short. Um, and I think also in ESN that's also been the case, like you can, in Denmark, you can actually go really far. Like you can become a prime minister, like the road there is available for everybody. And I think that is the thing that I love the most about in Denmark, that if you want, if you work really hard on the things that you do, you will get there because the, the, the society is structured in such a way that it gives opportunities for everybody, even if you're an international student. Uh, like I see a lot of international students here that are really having a big success because they, they just put in the work in, they put in the hours for doing this. And I think for a lot of Danes, at least that's a good thing for some people, right? That Danes are not like very overachievers and so on and so forth because that provides opportunities for everybody else. Um, aside from that, I, one of the things I don't like here is that everything is so flat. Uh, like I used to live in Norway where you have all of this beautiful scenery and stuff like this, uh, but we don't have that in Denmark, but I guess, you know, it, it's not like a really bad point, I would say. Estonia, you know, the highest point here is 300 meters. Uh, I was shocked when I first- 317. I'm sorry for Estonia. <laughs> and it's the highest for all ba Baltic countries. So basically it's Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania highest point. And it was very um, surprising for me as I'm from Slovakia, which is also like kind of... Um, very mountainous. Yeah, yeah. And like our highest is over 2000 um, meters. So I was like, okay, 300, what's that? Like, it's like some hill to do like nothing or... <laughs> But it's like beautiful country it's like i love the forest and everything it's beautiful it was just very surprising for me that uh, there are no like the mountains and all yeah i guess it's similar in denmark then i i, I i'm not I'm, I'm too afraid to say yes or no here because i know that the the, the highest mountain i actually biked all the way up there okay and, uh, it gave me a bit of sweat, but it was not the biggest uh, mountain I've ever seen. Like, I think, like, the road to my school in Norway was, like, higher. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, great. All right. Um, let's wrap up this podcast uh, and uh, let us ask you the question, uh, the last question that we ask to everybody. But before that, uh, Simona, do you have any questions? I think I have all of the answers I wanted to know, and uh, I consider them as a perfect. <laughs> Past, you passed startup adventure certificate. 
pick it up from uh, Denmark Road 15. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so, well, the least, this last question uh, we ask to everybody is uh, an advice. Uh, so what, what would be your advice to all the up and coming entrepreneurs that want to kickstart their business, have some kind of a dream, they want to be in this industry, they want to be entrepreneurs, they have this heartbeat, like uh, you mentioned, but perhaps they're shy to start, they don't know where to start, they don't have people around them, or they don't have infrastructure in uh, the country they are living in. Uh, what would be your advice to these people to kind of kickstart their startup journey? Oh, this is a, such a good question. Um, I have a lot of advice, but I think the one that I, I, I think I made some advices also on the podcast, but I think one that I also want to uh, state is uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, one of the things that I think for entrepreneurs is that you, if you're really good at networking, like really good at asking for help or like helping each other, like if you have a mindset of helping other people, then I think you get really, really far in the entrepreneurship uh, environment because let's be honest here, like all entrepreneurs have, it's a struggle every day. So everybody wants to help each other because we know where you start off basically. Um, I think that's going to be my, my advice uh, to them. True, yeah. Uh, no, I think I, I can relate to it. And I think yeah, it's amazing advice. And it goes down to the volunteering mindset that volunteers are actually people who help others that want to step out and help. So ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to go to different events and talk to people. Be good at networking and success will come. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much for being our guests. It was really amazing to hear your perspective. Um, Thank you very much. I uh, really enjoy all the informations, um, the business one, the personal one, the very creepy one, the tradition. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And definitely we should make a follow-up post on the Startup Adventures uh, Facebook in a couple of months after you will launch your banana uh, ice cream thing. We are very interested to see that. Um, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Follow us on your favorite social media and check out the next episode. Ta-da!